Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 139 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sun- Sunshine Sarah. And this episode is sponsored by Josephine Garza. Thank you, Josephine. Thank you. So today we will be discussing the second half of Chapter 12 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Professor Umbridge. Hooray! I love her. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to double whammy your way through the details. So let's go for some weekly profit news with Meg's Mouse Deals. Hey, um, I thought that we could all use a little bit of theme park magic right now because I know that I am missing it very much. So there was this cool article that I found that is literally like a whole walkthrough, ride through YouTube video of Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. So I thought, Tiffany, you might be able to watch it and actually enjoy and see all the scenes in I'm the ride. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. That'd be great. It's really cool because it's it like takes you through the whole line and there's so much to see just in the line itself at at the Mm -hmm. Hogwarts castle Mm -hmm. Um, that there's maybe something that you didn't notice when you walked through it. So they like I'm sure because we basically ran through the line. (laughs) Right. So there's a lot to see in it and they video all of it and then they do the whole ride, which is not obviously going to be like as cool but it's still cool so i'm gonna do this later for sure yeah and then i just wanted to give everybody a reminder that wizardly world of kent and leaky con are both happening in july and we will be attending both of them wizardly world of kent is taking place on july 25th it's all day on saturday in kent there's also some festivities on friday they have like a bar crawl and they have um a 5k Mm-hmm. And um, LeakyCon is taking place the weekend after that, so Harry's actual birthday weekend. 
And that will be in Orlando. So we're going to party for Harry. Heck yeah, we are. Huge birthday party just for him. For sure. And once we know the schedule of LeakyCon and if we have any panels that we're doing, etc., we will let you guys know. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. That was quick. That's all I got. Tiffany, I'm looking at you. So is it still Disney Day? Yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Should I try for Donald? Oh my god, yeah. Sure. I cannot do Donald. I can't either. Or Goofy. I (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. How did you do that? I don't know, but I can't hear myself so I because my headphones, so I don't know what it sounded like. It was good. So it was good. amazing. It was good. <laughs> that silence was just shock. <laughs> good. It wasn't like, whoa, that stunk. No, it was freaking awesome. Okay. I'm all jazzed for this recap now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. The whole world, everyone, they're all against poor Harry. Except the two people that he keeps taking his frustration out on, but Herm puts her puts him in his place. Probably one of many times yeah, in this book. Come. Um Fred and George are looking for test subjects, which Hermione isn't very happy about. She tries to assert her prefectness, but they don't really want to listen. Uh we have a new Quidditch captain, but who will be the new keeper? I don't know. We won't know till Friday. The trio is having a severe case of the Mondays, and they're off to a rough start for their OWL year. Yes. Megan, you hit your hand. I did. I just want to say that that tidbit, the whole Quidditch captain, keeper, Quidditch, everything, was one of my biggest beefs with the fifth movie. How they completely it's- changed it. It's and not it's even... Harry is captain, right? No, it doesn't even exist. There's like no Quidditch in five. It at all. Ron's oh, not really? on the Ron's yeah. not on the team. They push all oh, of this. Oh, he picks it to all... six. Yeah, 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 that's what I thought. Yeah, they push all. So of I was it like, to I six. don't remember Angelina being there. I'm like, I don't remember all of this. I'm like, I thought this was in the sixth movie. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. Yeah. So that's I don't know. It annoys because when I, <laughs> I after right. I read Order for the first time mm-hmm. in a long time, I was like, oh my god. This yeah. happens in five, not six. Poor Ron. Yeah. Just gets pushed back. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. Alrighty, brewskies. <laughs> I always want to say the rest of that, but I don't, I won't. It's Snape time. Yeah, guys. It's Jessica's favorite time. Snape time. Yeah. <laughs> um, he gives them the talk about OWLs, and they try to make a drought of living peace. Obviously, Harry messes up. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say obviously. That's not nice. And then he gets zero points for the day. And then it's lunchtime, so they have snacks. And um, Harry and Ron try to see into the future with their inner eye with divination, but too bad they can't. Um, (laughs) And to continue on that Manic Monday theme, they also have Defense Against the Dark Arts with Umbridge, where she and Harry butt heads. Which is no surprise, and it ends with Harry getting a week's detention and in McGonagall's office where she offers him a biscuit and some advice. Yes. I have a biscuit, Potter. One of the best quotes. Yeah. All right. So I would like to start out my section with a quote from Professor Snape. So this just, mind you, this is the beginning of the year. This is the first day of the year. First potions lesson. Preparing for, like, big stuff. Here we go. It's a pep talk. 
Welcome to the TED Talk with Snape. (laughs) Before we begin today's lesson, said Snape, sweeping over his desk and staring around at them all, I think it appropriate to remind you that next June you will be sitting in an important examination during which you will prove how much you have learned about the composition and use of magical potions. Moronic, though some of this class undoubtedly are, I expect you to scrape an acceptable in your OWL or suffer my displeasure. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Potions! Hey. 1995! So, as he says this, though, his eyes linger on Neville, uh. who actually, like, gulps and, like, fear. And I'm just poor like, this poor, this poor Neville. So, <laughs> this poor Neville. Nev, Nev. <laughs> So we find out a little bit more about Snape and his super high standards for potions going into the newt level. Quote, after this year, of course, many of you will cease studying with me, Snape went on. I take only the very best into my newt potions class, which means that some of us will certainly be saying goodbye. Or as he actually said, peace out. Get it? Because they're making the peace drought drought of peace. Get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You say newt. Do you want to say it like newt? <laughs> I do, and I struggle with it a lot. Uh, newt. Well, now I do. <laughs> right. You don't think of that from no. um, Monty Python? No. no, I usually think of Scamanda. Oh, newt Scamanda. Yes. <clears throat> but then I add in, and we touched a smidgen on this our last episode. So when I'm thinking about these classes and at their higher levels... It feels to me like all students should be taking these classes all seven years at Hogwarts. Agreed. To me, they seem that they're essential to everyday wizarding life. Yeah. And, like, I think, too, you know, like, even just take the four of us. Like, we don't all, like, our academic stuff, we don't all have don't excel in the same things. You know what I mean? So, like, Mm -hmm. I know in our school they had English classes that were like, you know, honors English or maybe AP. So you could have taken like regular English for like your junior year, or you could have taken the same class, but honors. So it's a little bit more difficult. I would never have been in any of the honors English classes because that's not my strong suit and that makes me anxious. But like with math classes, like I'd literally have taken like, you know what I mean? Like that's my strong suit, like math, science, like physics, stuff like that. So I would think that they would have like, you know, maybe a newt level potions, but also like a potions that might not be like as super advanced. Right. Into that. But like, you know, Neville obviously might not, I shouldn't say obviously. I think that if he um, had a different instructor, mm-hmm. he might perform better. But at the same time, like that might, again, is might not be his strong suit anyways. Might be out like, for pulling from puffs, like a remedial potions where like, yeah, right. you know, um, Hermione can do. They do have radio potions for real. Well, I'm saying like I won't. Yeah, like they. I. That's just what I'm thinking. Like a lower have. different levels, you know. Right. AP advanced potions. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying, and I completely agree with you. No, when he says that some of them will be saying, you know, peace out, girls and boy scouts, people scouts. Um. He then looks at Harry and his lip curls, and I said, are you thinking of James? So, who knows? Who knows? 
Hmm. And then we have another quote because I can't just summarize Snape. Yeah. <laughs> He's not to be summarized. But we have another year to go before that happy moment of farewell, said Snape softly. <laughs> <laughs> so, whether, so whether you are intending to attempt Newt or not, I advise all of you to concentrate your efforts upon maintaining the high pass level I have come to expect from my owl students. And I said, that's real nice uh, teacher to student uh, interaction there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real swell. Yep. So they're making a potion right off the bat, day one, that shows up in their OWLs, the Draught of the Living Peace. Um, this is a potion to calm anxiety and soothe agitation. Hey, can I get some? I was yeah. thinking that. And then I was also thinking, <laughs> well, goodness, if they're successful in making this, they can just take it right after this anxiety-ridden class and feel better. Right? Yep. Goodness. But it's tough. So be warned, if you are too heavy-handed with the ingredients, you will put the drinker into a heavy and sometimes irreversible sleep. That's some Sleeping Beauty stuff. Yeah, you need to get that. You need to get that potion correct. I hope there's a Prince Philip nearby. Just I was gonna say, find your true love. It's not Hans. It might be someone else. Who is this Hans? Who Who is is this this Hans? Hans? (laughs) Surprise! He's a bad guy. (laughs) What? So Hermione is on point right now. She's sitting up super straight. She's paying attention to every single word. And because he says that Snape, that is, that they need to pay extra attention to what they're doing. So she's like, gotta go. Then Snape shows the class the ingredients and the directions on the blackboard. The things that they need are in the store cupboard and they have an hour and a half to brew. Are you ready? Everyone that he is writing on his chalkboard. Well, like, you know, magically writing on it. Where Slughorn has them reading out of a book, and that's the first time Hermione's not great at potions. Yep. So, like, at least he knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's right? because Snape continued to teach Harry in year six, whether he liked it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Spoilers. Yeet. So, even in Harry's mind, he feels like Snape set them up for a kind of a failure of a lesson. And is it maybe, not Hermione? You know, <laughs> Maybe he wanted his students to know just exactly how difficult the owls were. And this is a shock to the system kind of a lesson. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But like, it seems, if you were talking about it earlier, like, saying, like, they, they kind of figured he was going to give them a hard yep. potion anyway. So it must yep. be his MO to, like, start off with something not easy. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. Trelawney likes to start off by predicting people's deaths, you know? Real nice. Mm. Dumbledore knows how to pick them. <laughs> just like boogers <laughs> you pick your friends not your boogers alright so the potion is super fiddly and I was like what does that mean like I kind of used context clues to figure it out but I really like this word it just means complicated or detailed so I like to consider myself a bit fiddly from time to time <laughs> <laughs> So the ingredients to this potion have to be added in precisely the right order and quantities. 
and they need to be stirred the right number of times, firstly clockwise, then counterclockwise. The heat had to be lowered to the right level for the exact number of minutes before the final ingredient was added. So this, to me, sounds like some potions are a little lax in how you have to add the ingredients and things like that, and then some potions are, like, super fiddly like this. So, So sometimes I just think, like... Maybe simpler potions. You could just kind of like toss some stuff in and there's no specific order. Mm -hmm. But then other ones, you don't. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, why say this? So I just thought that was pretty interesting about potion making. Uh, So when there's 10 minutes left for the lesson, Snape tells all the students that there should be a light silver vapor rising from their cauldrons. And then I want to read the next section because you can feel the thickness of panic in the room. And it's not at the disco. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was funny. (laughs) So, quote. (laughs) I write sins, not tragedies. (laughs) Are you ready? Yes. You mean you brew sins, not tragedies? Oh. Okay. So, quote, Harry, who was sweating profusely, looked desperately around the dungeon. His own cauldron was issuing copious amounts of dark gray steam. Ron was spitting green sparks. Seamus was feverishly prodding the flames at the base of his cauldron with the tip of his wand as they had gone out. The surface of Hermione's potion, however, was a shimmering mist of silver vapor. And as Snape swept by, he looked down his hooked nose at it without comment, which meant that he could find nothing to criticize. At Harry's cauldron, however, Snape stopped, looking down at Harry with a horrible smirk on his face. What a Richard. (laughs) So Snape asks, you know, uh, what's this? (laughs) What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? The draught of living peace. (laughs) (laughs) So Harry's like, yeah, no, it's the draught, you know, it's that peace stuff, peace out stuff. And um, all the Slytherins are like, snapes it with Harry, must see. Right. Because, you know, they're all eager to hear what he has to say to Harry. And if you remember, this is still kind of rolling over from year four. Most, if not all, of the Slytherin house was against Harry during the tournament. So they're probably kind of still riding that train. So there's this whole conversation that happens, and it ends up that Harry forgets to add an ingredient. So Harry's looking through the directions. He's like, what'd you forget? What'd you forget? Add powdered moonstone, stir three times counterclockwise, allow to simmer for seven minutes, then add two drops of syrup of hellbore. And his heart sinks. He had not added the syrup of hellbore, but he went right straight to the fourth line of the instructions after allowing his potion to simmer for seven minutes. And so Snape goes, did you do everything on that third line, Potter? And there's so many sevens and threes. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. crazy. (laughs) so I wanted to look up a couple of these ingredients that are specifically mentioned so moonstone I looked up on what is this called the spruce crafts dot com 
This was written. Bruce's name is Bruce. No, it's uh, Lauren Tommen is the article writer, and it was updated on the 13th of October of 2019. So, Moose? What? I said Coolio. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Nothing important. Coolio, (laughs) Brulio. So, Moonstone is very, very pretty. Um, It's in a lot of jewelry, and going down because there's like a bunch of information moonstone is a mineral of the orthoclast feldspar group and is composed of potassium aluminum silicate it's distinguished from other similar stones by the presence of a word i don't know how to say all through i don't know add adular essence adular essence i don't know it's soft and can break. That's it's why really you pretty. can powder. You can powder it. Yeah. yeah. So that word I can't say is the optical phenomenon that causes an extraordinary glow on the surface of moonstone. So that's pretty cool. Um, light can move across the stone, much like moonlight would glide across a large body of calm water. It can also reflect light off of the thin layers of the different feldspar minerals within the moonstone. It is super pretty. There's like a picture in the middle from Pinterest of a ring and it looks like it has diamonds around it. And it's just, it's like super stunning. I love moonstone. Um, on the, is it Mohs or Ma's hardness scale? It's between a six and a 6.5, which means it's prone to breaking. Um, and it's little thin layers. It has origins from way back when. And it was especially prized during full moons. Go figure. It's thought to bring the wearer good fortune and feelings of love and affection. Cool. So... It wasn't until the early 1900s that the stone became an iconic and important focal point in jewelry, though. You're welcome. Thank you, James. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, let's go to Hellbore. Yeah. Yeah, what so, is this? Um, so Hellbore is... Um, is it a plant? A flower. Oh, okay. Yes. So there are approximately 20 species of herbaceous or evergreen perennial flower plants in the something big name family and it's it says something about a tribe of helbury i don't know how to say these words means like winter rose or christmas rose and lenten rose they're not common closely related to the actual rose though and then many hellbore species are poisonous, which is probably meant for if you add, like, too much of it, you that's probably the irreversible sleep. Yeah, for sure. Just saying. Yeah. I've got to sip my coffee in between this. So that's that. Sorry, I don't know how to read, folks, but if uh, you're 139 really episodes words. in, yeah. So Snape tells Harry that his potion's useless, and then he uses Evanesco spell, which makes his potion disappear. 
And I bought the unofficial Ultimate Harry Potter spell book at Barnes and Noble, I don't know, a couple months ago now. I was with Sasa. And in Chapter 1 Spells, Evanesco is a type of transfiguration spell. It is used to vanish objects. In Latin, it means I vanish. Go figure. And it also pulls up a quote from McGee. It says, as Minerva McGonagall explains, vanished objects go, quote, into non-being, which is to say everything. And I thought that was cool. It does say, in Order of the Phoenix, this spell is taught to Hogwarts students in their fifth year. Minerva McGonagall introduced the spell by having the students practice vanishing snails and other small creatures, a task at which only Hermione excelled. Shocking. Yep. So that's that. Because knowledge is power. Yup. Anyways, so Harry's potion is now gone. But everyone else was able to turn in some of their potion to get a grade, and Harry was left with a nice clean zero. The homework I is hate the- that. Yep. The like, homework why? is because it's Snape and Harry. That's the only reason. Dumb. So the homework assignment was to write 12 inches of parchment on the properties of Moonstone. Oh, I could probably do that. And its uses in potion making. Just go to that website, Harry. You'll be fine. (laughs) Harry packs his things, thinking of the injustice that just happened, and rightfully so. And he he gets out of there. He pieces out without the draught of living peace, turned in, and he goes to the Great Hall. Because, like, he has no reason to stay and wait to turn anything in because he has nothing. So when Hermione and Ron finally get to him in the Great Hall, she says, that was really unfair, said Hermione, consolingly, sitting down next to Harry and helping herself to shepherd's pie. Yum, yum. Mm. Your potion wasn't nearly as bad as Goyle's. When he put it into his flagon, the whole thing shattered and set his robes on fire. I just don't get it. It's so infuriating that he is allowed to do that to Harry. Because, like... His his potion was not that bad. I, he forgot the, one thing, you know? Here's the thing, like, even if Harry... Because we know Harry's not the only person he does this to because he's done something like this to Neville before. Yeah. I mean, he clearly does this to students. But, like, what student is really going to go and, like, tattle on their teacher? That's why teachers get away with stuff for so long when they're like that. Like, how many kids are really going to, like, think to go to the principal and talk about this. And honestly, how many people even listen to kids, which is even more infuriating. Yeah. And that's why he gets away with it for as long as he does. Yeah. It's just like, Harry still did the work. It's like, it's like you hand in a a quiz that has 10 questions. You got one wrong. So you threw out the whole thing. Right. It's like, well, he still could have gotten some credit for it. Yeah. Well, Harry actually sums this up rather uh, simply. He said, yeah, well, <laughs> said Harry, glowering at his plate. Since when has Snape ever been fair to me? True that. It's just so infuriating because Harry, like, from jump, Snape has not liked him. We understand why. But, like, it's not Harry's fault that Lily and James are his parents. Like, you gotta get over it, dude. It's been years. He can't. He can't. He's gotta build a bridge. And he's got to get over it. (laughs) 
So Hermione admits that she thought Snape might change his mind uh, or maybe be different toward Harry this year because of everything with the order, but that's clearly not the case. And then Ron says something that I love. He pulls out some saying that is clearly super wizard, and you probably heard it from Molly or Arthur. And he says, poisonous toadstools don't change their spots, said Ron (laughs) sagely. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome I love it I love it Ron states again that Dumbledore is nutty for even trusting Snape and so Hermione snaps back at him because obviously Dumbledore doesn't need to share evidence with Ron about Snape and then Harry goes off on them a bit and you have to remember that they have been bickering this entire chapter off and on so Harry is at that breaking point so you cannot blame him he goes oh no I think right. it's great. I would be Harry. I'd be like, Sh- shut up. Stop talking to each other. So this is what Harry says. He goes, oh, shut up, the pair of you, said Harry heavily. As Ron opened his mouth to argue back, Hermione and Ron both froze, looking angry and offended. Can you give it a rest, he said. You're always having a go at each other. It's driving me mad. And abandoning his shepherd's pie, which is a big deal, he swung his school bag over his back onto his shoulder and left them sitting there at the table. I, like, understand both points of view on this because, like, yes, it's frustrating that they're going at each other, but it's also pretty frustrating that Harry keeps snapping at them. So, like, I get why they're offended that he snaps, but also stop arguing about everything. Yeah. Agreed. So. Teenagers. Teenagers. Didn't Hermione (laughs) just say that they have to stand united and she just keeps bickering with Ron? That's because, you know. It's her future husband. (laughs) Me, 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 me. So Harry was kind of fuming and he was in his thoughts about Ron and Hermione because they're literally driving him up a wall. He walks past the Sir Cadogan portrait and Sir Cadogan pulls his sword (laughs) out. Oh, I'm sorry. He draws his sword much like a chair and he brandishes it at Harry and Harry straight up ignores him. Come back, you scurvy dog. Stand fast and fight, yelled Sir Cadogan in a muffled voice from behind his visor. I love but Harry, him. You know, he just walks on and Sir Cadogan, he's like attempting to follow him, running through neighboring pictures. And he's finally rebuffed by um, one of the inha- inhabitants of a picture because it's a large and angry looking wolfhound. <laughs> So he spends the rest of the lunch hour sitting under the trapdoor at the top of the North Tower. And he is the first to ascend the silver ladder into the classroom. That's a first. That is a yeah. first. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Harry reminds us again that divination is his least favorite class. And I kind of wonder, like, why didn't he just drop it between four and five? Like, couldn't he have switched it to something else, tried something different? It's an elective, you know? But then I'm like, well, it's very convenient that this is the dream. Yeah. You know, he's learning about dreams, and that's, like, huge with him. So it's, like, convenient for the plot. But it's just, like, honestly, if Harry was really in that situation, like, don't you think he would have, like, switched classes between years four and five? Um, I would have. Like, isn't it, like... An easy A. I don't, you know, isn't I an guess. easy grade. That's true. 
I don't know. They don't have like GPAs and stuff. Oh, what like... did he get on it? What did he get on it though? Didn't Hold he on. get like dreadful or something on his final? I'm gonna look it up. You keep going. So Ron spotted Harry and he comes right over to him and he goes, Hermione and me have stopped arguing. He said, sitting down beside (laughs) Harry. Good, grunted Harry. But Hermione says she thinks it would be nice if you stopped taking out your temper on us, said Ron. I'm not. (laughs) I'm just passing on the message, said Ron, talking over him. But I reckon she's right. It's not our fault. Our fault how Seamus and Snape treat you. And Harry's like, I never said it. You didn't need to, though, dude, because your attitude definitely <laughs> was second at the door. louder than your words. Yes. <laughs> um, but Harry does, like, while he feels annoyed at what Ron said, he also feels slightly ashamed. So, like, clearly he knows that, you know, he went a little too far, probably. Ron, He's... it was the Horcrux. It was the Horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um,. So class is about to start, and uh, Trelawney has copies of The Dream Oracle by Inigo Imago. Yes. Um, so in Harry's divination OWL, he got a P for poor, which is a fail grade. <laughs> yeah. I would say so, Harry. But, so, like, he yeah. had a rough fifth year. He has a rough every year. Let's be Yeah, but, like, serious dies at the end of this book. And then he's got to take some tests. I know. (laughs) Literally was almost like, year six wasn't bad. No, Dumbledore died. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty bad. Everybody dies sometimes. So um, I pulled up on the wiki the dream oracle we don't really know a whole bunch about it but it is a little bit of an anomaly of a school book because this is one of the only books that we know of that like the students don't have to purchase the teacher just like provides them and then collects them back so she must use them for like multiple they're probably old yeah as i'll get out yeah do you think is it because maybe the uh what does she call it? Is it an art? Maybe. Of divination? Yeah. Doesn't change? Yeah. Or hasn't changed? Yeah. I don't know! Um, so, in the book, she says, You will find on the tables before you copies of the Dream Oracle by Inigo Imago. Dream interpretation is a most important means of divining the future, and one that may very probably be tested in your OWL. So again, another teacher, first day, mentioning OWL. Um, I feel like it's like a shock factor at this point. Yeah, the kids are probably like, oh my god, what What is this year going to be? This is what you're going to have to do. We're showing you the end result. Now we're going to take you to how you get there. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad strategy, but it's definitely one that kind of, yeah, especially if everybody's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the introduction, they're, they're told to read the introduction and it takes 20 minutes to read and was known to provide some information on dream interpretation. Um, I also pulled up Anigo Amago on the wiki, and unfortunately, there's not a whole lot. I was hoping that I would find more information, but um, yeah, because usually the authors' names have right meanings behind their texts. So all hmm. we know is that Anigo was a wizard and a seer. 
he wrote the Dream Oracle. And... Oh, I see what you did there. um and some etymology of his name the name anigo is the english form of inigo (laughs) very creative cool it became well known in britain due to the 17th century english architect inigo jones he was named after his father who was a catholic who was named for saint ignatius of loyola Oh, hey. oh. So, I like that saint. Um, Very imago cool. is the technical term for a mature insect. So how we uh, bring that back to dream interpretation is beyond me. Maybe it's something to be interpreted. Interpreted? <laughs> I just made up that word. <laughs> interpreted. You, you mean you messed up that word yeah. and now you're saying you made it up. No, I made it up. I knew what I was saying. <laughs> I knew okay. exactly what I was saying. It was the horror smart. So, um, it wasn't Abe's Toya. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it all I can think about. Prepare to, to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a double period. So, by the time they finished reading the intro to the book, they only had ten minutes left to interpret dreams. Um, so Ron says that he never remembers his dreams. And I'm like, uh, me either, Ron. I literally never remember dreams. Do you guys remember dreams? What? Very yeah. rarely. I never Not all the time, but Sarah always tells me about her dreams. I have crazy dreams. I have a lot of stress dreams. And sometimes yes. my stress dreams, like, I've been out of high school 12 years now. Um, whoa. First of all, that makes me <laughs> nauseous. <laughs> yeah. But, um... I'll have dreams, like stress dreams, and I didn't realize until later on that these were stress dreams that I'm trying either to get to work or to get to school. Like, I, I have dreams, like, I'm in Magnificat's, like, you know, the cafeteria and how, like, or, like, here's all the tables, and there's the hallway here, and then, like, that other room. So I'm, like, here, and I'm, like, trying to get to class, but also trying to get to work, but, it, like, <laughs> there's so many things impeding me, and I just can't get there. Those happen to me all the time. Yeah, I like If I've had busy days never. at work, I dream about work a lot. Yeah. Um, which I sucks. dreamt about school last night, which kind of made me sad. Yeah. I miss my kiddos. I once had a dream um, when I worked um, in my other job. I worked in like the recovery room, and we had an area called Phase Two, which is like basically like um, the patients are ready to go home. So they only had to get like one or two more sets of vitals and like whatever. So it was easier care, it should have been. And I had a dream once <laughs> that I was getting patients. And I was like, I, I can't take, I'm not a nurse. Like, I can't take the patients. When realistically, like, I can get their vitals and take their IVs out and stuff. But, like, I can't give them medicine. Like, but I was like, I, I can't, I can't do this. Like, in my dream, I remember, like, panicking. Because I'm like, I can't. Those are the types of dreams I have. I sleep really hard. So, like, I, like, when I'm out, I'm out. And I think that might be why. I don't, so. I rarely remember when I do. They're really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend, and not a lot of people know this, that um, if she dreams in color, they typically, like, come true. Like, she had an aunt that was killed in a car accident, um, and she had a dream about it. But she, like, she goes, it was so weird. She goes, I didn't really, like, understand it when I had it. She had a dream that she, her aunt was, like, leaving on a train and she, like, tried, like, she was waving goodbye, and, like, Jen tried to, like, get to her, but, like, she couldn't. Um, 
And then a couple of weeks later, right? Passed away. She's like, yeah, it's crazy. I asked her, I'm like, do you ever have dream, like, color dreams about me? She's like, no. Lies. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so Harry then was thinking, <laughs> well, I'm not going to share my dreams with anybody because he knew perfectly mm-hmm. well what his regular nightmare about a graveyard meant. And he didn't need Ron or Professor Trelawney or the stupid dream oracle to tell him that. Um, and then Ron says, well, I had one that I was playing Quidditch the other night, said Ron, screwing up his face in an effort to remember. What do you reckon that means? Whoa! Oh, he's a seer! <laughs> Whoa! Ron, was it in color? <laughs> Could be. Um, pro- and then Harry goes, probably that you're going to be eaten by a giant marshmallow or something, turning the pages of the dream oracle without interest. <laughs> marshmallow. I actually recently had a dream about Alex. It was very weird. Our friend Alex. Fun fact. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. So their homework after that was to keep a dream journal over the next month, which I'm sure, honestly, is Harry's worst nightmare. Like, he doesn't... Over and over. Right. Like, okay, well, I'm just going to tell you that I'm having the same dream, and then you're going to tell me that it's the grim and I'm going to die. So, like, you know. Um, and then I said, owl year, man. Ron goes, do you realize how much homework we've got already? Bins set us a foot and a half long essay on giant wars. Snape wants a foot on the use of moonstones. And now we've got a month's dream diary from Trelawney. Fred and George weren't wrong about OWL year, were they? That umbrage woman had better not give us any. She yeah. who must not be named. She's going to give you worse than that. be named. All right, guys. Time for I've been waiting. <clears throat> Why? Because I love her. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. I love to <laughs> trash talk her. <laughs> it's time <laughs> for DADA with the U. Da da. Da da. Da da. Yep. She's wearing the same fluffy pink cardigan from the night before. Gross. Do you ever wash your clothes? You nasty. Right? What? (laughs) I'm just kidding. And she has her black velvet bow on her head. So Harry's again reminded of a large toad with a fly (laughs) on its head. Um, So she says, good afternoon. And the class is like, good afternoon. She's never happy with that. So she says, good afternoon, Madam Hooch. (laughs) (laughs) Good afternoon, boss. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. She's like, well, that won't do. Like, I want you all to say good afternoon, Professor Umbridge. Oh, my God. Right there, I would have been like, peace. Yep, bye. I don't do that, though. Like, I don't talk in class like when other people are talking. Like, if anything, I'll just move my mouth so you think I'm talking. Yeah, me either. What if everybody "Um." did that collectively? (laughs) And so everybody's just like, Or, like, did they ever teach you, like, if you're trying to sing a song to, like, in a group and you had to look like you're singing along, yeah, but you don't know the words, just say watermelon. Yeah. Watermelon, watermelon. That's funny. <laughs> um, so, she, they all chanted back to her, and apparently that's acceptable. So, she says... <laughs> I would have stared at her with my mouth closed. That's gone dang, right dang up it. to her. I would have. <laughs> I, I would have stared at her with my mouth open wide, going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I would have been like, not good afternoon, Professor Umbridge. You're the worst. <laughs> She'd be like, do you need to go yet. see Madame Pomfrey? <laughs> <laughs> they don't I'm, even I'm just hoping all the raindrops are lemon drops and gumdrops. Oh, what a rain that would be. 
Truth. <laughs> so she tells them all to put their wands away, and instantly everyone's bummed because they can't ever remember having a defense against the dark arts class that they enjoyed where they didn't have their wands out. So she says the get their books out. Um, the chalkboard says, Defense Against the Dark Arts, a return to basic principles. So she goes on to say that their teaching so far in defense has been disrupted and fragmented. They've had a constant change of teachers, and she comments, many of whom don't seem to have followed any ministry-approved curriculum. And this is why they're so far below the standard that they expect to see in OWL year. They being the ministry. But have no fear, because these problems are going to be rectified. Quote, we'll be following a carefully structured, theory-centered, ministry-approved course of defensive magic this year. So she makes them copy down the course aims. Number one, understanding the principles underlying defensive magic. Number two, learning to recognize situations in which defensive magic can legally be used. Feel like that's a straight dig at Harry. And three, placing the use of defensive magic in a context for practical use. So you'll see in a little bit what the problem with this is. So she asks if everyone has their copy of Defensive Magical Theory, which I have to say is like one of my favorite um, designs. designs from Mina. I Lima. know it's like so kiddish. It looks like a three-year-old's book. <laughs> yeah, it's insulting <laughs> to these. Kids, fifteen-year-olds who, yeah. who take in defense for like, you know, four years. It's not like, especially in the current climate that you're right. obviously ignoring. It's insulting. So, yeah, well, yeah. Um, but like, even if there was nothing, like if Voldemort wasn't back, like there's nothing wrong with people learning how to defend themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, so she asks if everyone has their book, and there's another dull murmur, and she says, we'll try that again. When I ask you a question, I want you to answer, yes, Professor Umbridge, or no, Professor Umbridge. Okay, second time that I'm like, peace. You know, maybe I gave you the first time, but this time, no. Here's the- okay, go ahead, Tiffany. No, I was just thinking, like, she just, in my head, I feel like she just wants to hear herself being called a professor. Right? Yeah. I was gonna say that, like, it- I'm mm. not saying that, like, teachers can never ask for responses like that, but in a class of 15-year-olds, it's very childish. Like, that's something in, like, kindergarten to, like, keep kids, just you know, like, like keep on, their guys. attention and be like, hey, I just want to make sure everyone's paying attention. Like, did you understand me? But, like, not to 15-year-olds. What? I can't. She just babies them, you know? You can say it in a much different way yeah. and actually engage your class instead of being rude. That's not a way to gain respect from kids. Right. Basically. So she has them turn to chapter one, basics for beginners. And what are they doing in class? Reading from the chapter by themselves. Sounds like a really good use of class time. Exactly. <sighs> um, it was, quote, desperately dull. Um, almost as bad as listening to Professor Binns, which we know is a droning vacuum. Um, Harry, this, okay, has this ever happened to you guys? He reads the same line half a dozen yeah. times without taking in more than the first few words. I feel that so hard uh -huh. in classes like this. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting there and just being like, I, how many times am I reading this line? I'm not absorbing it yeah. at all. Um, yeah. so Ron's not doing much better than Harry, but Hermione, which Harry's surprised, he looks over and she hasn't even opened her book. She's just staring at Umbridge with her hand in the air. And Harry can't ever remember Hermione, like, not listening to an instruction from a teacher 
or resist opening a book that came under her nose. Right. Mm-hmm. So after a couple minutes, like, more and more people are noticing Hermione just staring, and once, like, half of the class is clearly not reading the chapter anymore, Umbridge finally acknowledges her. So I'm going to read from the chapter, because like Snape, you can't really paraphrase Umbridge, because she's just that awful. She's just that good, you mean. Right, she's just amazing. (laughs) Did you want to ask something about the chapter, dear? She asked Hermione, as though she had only just noticed her. Not about the chapter. No, said Hermione. (laughs) Well, we're reading just now, said Professor Umbridge, showing her small, pointed teeth. If you have other queries, we can deal with them at the end of class. I've got a query about your course aims, said Hermione. Professor Umbridge raised her eyebrows. And your name is? Hermione Granger, said Hermione. Well, Miss Granger, I think the course aims are perfectly perfectly clear if you read them through carefully, said Professor Umbridge in a voice of determined sweetness. Well, I don't, said Hermione bluntly. There's nothing written up there about using defensive spells. There was a short silence in which many members of the class turned their heads to frown at the three course aims still written on the blackboard. Using defensive spells, Professor Umbridge repeated with a little laugh, which is perfect in the movie. Yeah. Why, I can't imagine any situation arising in my classroom that would require you to use a defensive spell, Miss Granger. You surely aren't expecting to be attacked during class. And Ron's like, whoa, we're not using magic? (laughs) Um, And Umbridge is like, you're going to raise your hand if you want to talk in my class. So Ron raises his hand, but she just ignores everything that he said and doesn't call on him. And Harry and Hermione immediately raise their hands. And Hermione's like, so surely the whole point of Defense Against the Dark Arts is to practice defensive spells. And Umbridge is like, are you a ministry-trained educational expert? And she's got Mm. that falsely sweet voice on, and Hermione's like, no, but... And Umbridge cuts her off and says, Well then, I'm afraid you are not qualified to decide what the whole point of any class is. Wizards much older and cleverer than you have devised our new program of study. You will be learning about defensive spells in a secure, risk-free way. And Harry interrupts her and is like, What use is that? If we're going to be attacked, it won't be in a... But Umbridge, ooh, she mad. Okay, so obviously Umbridge is Umbridge. And she's not pleased that Harry um, didn't have his hand up in the air. So he thrusts his fist into the air. And it's also noted that there are many hands also in the air. And Dean Thomas is one of them. Um, And I just want to read from the book. Because she's like, and your name is? I'm sure she didn't sound like that, but who knows. (laughs) He's like, Dean Thomas. Well, Mr. Thomas. Well, it's like Harry said, isn't it? Said Dean. If we're going to be attacked, it won't be risk-free. I repeat said Professor Umbridge, smiling in a very irritating fashion at Dean. Do you expect to be attacked during my classes? No, but... And then Professor Umbridge talked over him. I do not wish to criticize the way things have been run in the school, she said. Oh, bogus. Bogus Bogus on all counts. Mm -hmm. She said with an unconvincing smile, stretching her wide mouth. But you have been exposed to some very irresponsible wizards in this class. Very irresponsible indeed. Not to mention, she gave a nasty little laugh. Extremely dangerous half-breeds. Rude! Megan, do the laugh. Do the laugh, do the laugh. What, the hem-hem? No! Do a nasty nasty laugh. laugh. Oh, um... (laughs) 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 Ha-ha! Oh my gosh. I'll take it. Yeah. And so... 
if you mean Professor Lupin piped up Dean Thomas angrily, he was the best we ever hand, Mr. Thomas. As I was saying, you've been introduced to spells that have been complex, inappropriate to your age group, and potentially lethal. And you've been frightened into believing that you are likely to meet dark attacks every other day. Umbridge is basically being ridiculous because she keeps yelling about hands. Um, and she's basically saying, like, what she's saying is making the students mad. Um, because she talks about Lupin being a dangerous half-breed, right? Is that what she says? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Which, realistically, he was the best teacher they ever had, so... Ugh. There are things I want to say that I'm not allowed to say. True. Um, and she's also saying things that are simply not true, like students being led to believe that they're going to be attacked every other day. But realistically, and I said this before, even without... Um, I don't know what I'm trying to what I try to say, but like basically without like Voldemort being a thing and like a war on its way, there's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to have people being able to defend themselves. There's going to be people in every corner that want to, I don't know, not be nice to you, basically, especially in the wizarding world. Like you got spells. There's people practicing not nice, not nonverbal spells. You don't yeah. Know you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then she also brings up the fact that the last professor showed them illegal spells. And she's like, and I believe they even performed them on students, um, which is true. And really, that's a big reason why Harry was able to survive last year at the end of the whole thing. Um, and then Dean comments um, that he turned out to be a lunatic, him being the professor. That was Moody slash Judy. And then she, again, yells about his hand not being up. And she says... It is the view of the ministry that a theoretical knowledge will be more than sufficient to get you through your examination. <sighs> so then Pavarti, um, Pavati, Parvati, I don't know. She has her hand up and waits to be called on. So she then asks about the fact that like they're going to have to take OWLs and isn't there a practical part to that exam? So how are they going to take a test without ever practicing the spells that they're like learning about um insane so umbridge says as long as you have studied the theory hard enough there is no reason why you should not be able to perform the spells under carefully controlled examination conditions which Uh. to me is just insane first of all like that's basically telling them like the first time they're going to be actually doing these spells is when they're being tested on it that's completely unfair and as someone like i went to hair school and you're learning things that you have to practice on a head like you have mannequin heads you have to practice doing hair because if you are going to get a license you have to be tested on it i can't even imagine if i studied because it's i was in school for nine months learning all of these things if i read from a book for nine months about maybe like let's take highlights for example and then had to do them on a mannequin head i would have no freaking clue yeah i studied hard yeah i worked hard but there's things you have to practice it's just i literally wrote a swear in here that i'm not allowed to say but i was like that's just insane practice makes perfect And again, just because you've read something and you could have read it a million times does not mean you can actually do it because there's, there's something to be said about reading it and Mm -hmm. knowing it and performing it. And maybe there are people out there that can read it. Like Hermione might be able to read it really well, understand it completely and then execute it. Not everyone's like that. It's, it's just, it just is 
infuriating to me. I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine. <laughs> End of my little rant. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so then Harry basically is like, what good is theory in the real world? And he's not wrong. Again, in a world without Voldemort, in a world without an impending war, there are still bad people out there that have no problems harming you to get what they want. So, like, there's not nothing nothing wrong with people learning how to defend themselves. And, like, counter jinxes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, the things you learn in defense or learning about... Like, with Lupin, like, he brought in creatures and, like, this is how you can defend yourself against creatures. Like, mm-hmm. you're not 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 gonna, like, I mean, I'll run into things out in the world. You know, it just, ugh, I just don't like her. Okay. <laughs> can you okay. tell? Okay. 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 <laughs> and I'm gonna read a little bit more from the chapter. Because oh, there's just a lot to say. I can't stand her parts in the book, like, reading them. They just make me so angry. <laughs> Who do you imagine wants to attack children like yourselves? Inquired Professor Umbridge in a horribly honeyed voice. I love Harry. <laughs> uh, hmm. I don't know. Let me think, said Harry in a mocking, mock, thoughtful voice. Maybe Lord Voldemort? And then, of course, because people don't say his name, Ron gasps, Lavender Brown uttered a little scream, Neville slipped sideways off of his stool, <laughs> Professor Umbridge, however, did not flinch. She was staring at Harry with a grimly satisfied expression on her face. Ten points from Gryffindor, Mr. Potter. Yeah. Evil recognizes evil. She doesn't flinch at his name. Right? For sure. Um, and so, ten points were taken from Gryffindor. The classroom was silent and still. Everyone was staring at either Umbridge or Harry. Now let me make a few things quite plain. Professor Umbridge stood up, leaned towards them with her stubby-fingered hands, splayed on her desk. You have been told that a certain dark wizard has returned from the dead. He wasn't dead, said Harry angrily. But yeah, he's returned. Mr. Potter, you have already lost your house ten points. Do not make matters worse for yourself, said Professor Umbridge in one breath without looking at him. As I was saying, you have been informed that a certain dark wizard is at large once again. This is a lie. It is not a lie, said Harry. I saw him. I fought him. Detention, Mr. Potter, said Professor Umbridge triumphantly. Tomorrow evening, five o'clock, my office. So like I said, so Harry, or Umbridge gives Harry detention. And then she repeats that Harry, what Harry is saying is a lie. And she says that the ministry can guarantee that the students and basically the wizarding world isn't in any danger. And that they are, um, if they are worried, that they should go and talk to Umbridge. And she said, if someone is alarming you with fibs about reborn dark wizards, I would like to hear about it. I'm here to help. I'm your friend. And then with that, she tells them to continue to read. <laughs> so then Umbridge sits down and Harry stands up. And then Hermione's trying to get him to sit back down and not cause any more tra- not trauma, trouble for himself. And again, I'm going to read from the book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good stuff. Go for it. So according to you, Cedric Diggory dropped dead of his own accord, did he? Harry asks, his voice shaking. There was a collective intake of breath from the class, for none of them apart from Ron and Hermione had ever heard Harry talk about what had happened on the night that Cedric had died. They stared avidly from Harry to Professor Umbridge, who had raised her eyes and was staring at him without a trace of a fake smile on her face. 
Cedric Diggory's death was a tragic accident, she said coldly. It was murder, said Harry. He could feel himself shaking. He had hardly talked to anyone about this. Least of all, 30 eagerly listening classmates. Voldemort killed him and you know it. Yeah. But, like, think about, like, yeah, Megan. Like, I honestly wonder what the ministry thinks in their heads happened to Cedric. It was a tragic accident, but, like, how? What accidentally happened to him? How on earth could, if they think that the Triwizard Tournament went as planned, what could have killed him? Yeah. And the fact that she has the audacity to say that his death was an accident is like, you weren't even there. Yeah. (laughs) Harry was. And if you think about, like, how riled up Harry is and how upset he is, because he has not told, like, people have been, not a ton of people, but, like, people have asked before this what happened and he wouldn't talk about it. And he's so riled up that he's like, Cedric died, he was murdered, it was Voldemort. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So then Umbridge is like, Harry, well, she's like, come here, Potter, I think, or Mr. Potter. So he walks up to Umbridge's desk. She pulls out some pink parchment and she writes on it. She seals it with her wand and she tells him to take it to Professor McGonagall. So then he leaves without another word. And I love this. He slams the door of the classroom um, on his way out. Yeah. (laughs) And so then on his way to um, McGonagall's office, he comes across Peeves in the corridor. And like, I will say this, if I was in Harry's shoes, like, and I'm, he's angry, he's fired up, and now there's Peeves being annoying in the hallway, like, oh, like, I feel Harry's anger, and I would, like, pick up an inkwell and throw it at Peeves, you know what I mean? Like, I'm fired <laughs> up, man. I just and, love like, it's Peeves. Just, I just it's love just it. adding to the irritation. Like, my, like, I remember when I was a kid, and I would be, like, super mad about something, and, like, I could just remember walking into a store and being mad at my mom, and, like, being, honestly, like, a ridiculous kid and being loud and, like, like being obnoxious being like i want it whatever was whatever i was saying and she would be laughing at me and then i would get even more angry this is that basically (laughs) so he comes across peas in the corridor who's holding many inkwells in his arms and he says why it's potty wee potter and he drops some inkwells on the ground like while he's like you know being peeves and so harry kind of tries to get out of the way and he tell peeves get out of it peeves and he <laughs> says, I love it. ooh, crackpot's feeling cranky. What is it this time, my fine potty f- friend? Hearing voices, seeing visions, speaking in tongues. And he blows raspberries in between them. So he's like... <laughs> and then with this, Harry shouts at him to leave him alone. But Peeves being Peeves continues to peeve. Um, <laughs> and he says... Almost think he's barking that potty wee lad, but some are more kindly and think he's just sad. But Peeves knows better and says that he's mad. And at this, Harry shouts at him to shut up. Peeves is one whole pet peeve. And so, like, this is what makes McGonagall open up her office door to be like, what on earth is happening out here? Um, And then she sees Harry. She's like, why aren't you in class? And so he tells uh, tells her that he's been sent to see her from Umbridge. And then I was thinking, like, I think this is, like, the first time that he's been, like, dismissed out of class for, like, yeah. Yeah. acting up. So, like, I wonder, like, if she was thinking in the back of her head, like, well, it took five years. It took your dad, like, a month. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Um, so then she reads the note that Umbridge sent him and tells him to come into, come into my office, Potter. And then again, I'm going to read from the chapter. 
<laughs> well, said Professor McGonagall, rounding on him. Is it true? Is what true, Harry said, rather more aggressively than he had intended. Professor, he added, in an attempt <laughs> to sound more polite. Is it true that you shouted at Professor Umbridge? Yes, said Harry. You called her a liar? Yes. <laughs> you told her he must he who must not be named is back? Yes. Professor McGonagall sat behind her desk, frowning at Harry. Then she said, have a biscuit, Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And he's Love like, have, what? She's like, have a biscuit. Um, and then she like, um, like gives him like a, it's a cookie. <gasps> Cookies are lying on Is one of the piles are? of papers. What? He takes yeah, a ginger nuke. They're so yeah. They sell those good. at the Wizarding World and they're amazing. <laughs> so he sits down. And he's, like, basically um, trying to think. It says, like, on previous occasion when Harry, expecting to be caned by Professor McGonagall, had instead been appointed to her by the Gryffindor, or to the Gryffindor Quidditch team, he sank into a chair opposite her and helped himself to a ginger newt, feeling just as confused and wrongly footed as he had done on that occasion. Um, Because he's totally thinking he's going to be in a ton of trouble for saying this to Umbridge. Um, But, you know, she offers him, like, the cookie instead. Well, a biscuit. And he sinks into the chair in her office, and he takes a ginger newt. And, according to the wikia, it's a cookie. And it's in the shape of a wizard. No, it's not. It's in the shape of a newt. It's like a what ginger- is wrong with It's you? like a gingerbread cookie. <laughs> with, like, ice It's in the shape of a wizard. Do you remember? <laughs> I, I made my mom make gingerbread cookies a couple years ago because I really wanted them, and it turned out I don't like gingerbread cookies. She does not. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I like ginger snaps. Those, are Those good. I do enjoy. That's great. Um, but I guess Megan and Katie said you can buy them at the Wizarding World. So maybe you should buy some the next time we get on. Yeah, they are really Shockingly good. Enough. Like I was, so when I looked at it in the case, I'm like, I don't have high hopes for that cookie. It just looks, it you know, standard. sometimes it, what? Standard. It looks standard. It doesn't look like anything special. But then we got it and it was like soft Ooh. and chewy Ooh. and gingery Sugary. and yummy. Oh my God. Oh my God. I could eat five of them. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I have hiccups. Did you eat a ginger newt? <laughs> I did not. Okay. Woo! Knocking things over. So McGonagall then tells him that he needs to be careful. And from the book, it says her tone of voice was not at all what he was used to. It was not brisk, crisp, and stern. It was low and anxious and somehow much more human than usual. Um, <laughs> Which is, like, kind of scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you always think of, like, at least when you're a kid, you know, your parents are always, like, strong and, like, they know what to do and, like, whatever. And then in situations like this, like, they're just human. So, like, McGonagall is this teacher where he's always seen her as, like, very in control and very, you know, um, I don't know what I'm what the word I'm looking for is. But, like, so now he's, like, She's she's more of like a human now where he's like understanding like these are scary times and especially with like the ministry like really involving themselves in Hogwarts crazy times. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so she basically is like, you know, it could cost Harry more than just house points and detention if he causes too much trouble in Umbridge's class because she reports to Fudge in the ministry, not to Dumbledore. So like whatever he does, it's going to be reported back to the ministry and to fudge and also we know that umbridge is just evil um mm-hmm. 
So then McGonagall lets Harry know that the note says that Umbridge has given Harry detention for the rest of the week starting tomorrow. And Harry was like, what? And then he tries to, like, before he can even ask McGonagall to talk to um, Umbridge, like, he doesn't even get all the words out. And he, she's like, no, I can't talk to her. And she's like, she's your teacher and she has every right to give you detention. You'll go to her room at five o'clock tomorrow for the first one. Just remember, tread carefully around Dolores Umbridge. So I understand McGonagall at this moment in time today with this. And it may, it frustrates me that Harry doesn't go to her after the first detention because like, that's a whole different level. Right. And like, I'm sure that something could have been done at that point. I don't know though. Cause I don't think like, well, if not getting him out. I don't think that she I could have, have said anything. gotten him out of it, but like the whole actual act of detention, what he has to do, I think that would have changed. She would have been like, no, that is not how Hogwarts is run. We do not do these practices. That can't happen, period. Like, no. He'd still go to detention, but he wouldn't, you know. Just like we don't use transfiguration on students. Right. Yes. Yeah, same yeah. same do a little bit of a lightning bolt, even though it's really for like the next one. Like, would you would you have told, or would you just have sucked it up like Harry did? I would have gone to Professor McGonagall. I think I would have too, because it's like, yeah, it's blood, man. That's literally it's like, like barbaric. Practice. No, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to give her the satisfaction. I would just suck it up. I don't know, man. I'd, mm. I'd have to work past that just because it's like. It's just evil and wrong. I get that. There's nothing wrong with it. I get yeah. what you're saying, too. Yeah. It's it's hard. I'm very much, like, the type of person, like, I would cut off my nose to spite my face. Like, <laughs> so, like, I would just do it and not say anything. Like, I would not even acknowledge my hand hurting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Harry is mad because he was, like, telling her. He's like, I, t- I was just telling the truth about Voldemort being back. Cedric's being murdered, and, like, Dumbledore knows all of this. Um, And I get that. Like, that's super frustrating that, like, Harry's just being honest and telling the truth, and then people are calling him a liar. Like, that's just so frustrating, and, ugh, I just, I feel bad, you know? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, McGonagall retorts back, saying, like, do you really think it has anything to do with truth or lies? It's about keeping your head down and your temper under control, which, like, sucks, but she's not wrong. Like, at this point in time, all of these people in positions of power, besides, like, Dumbledore, are saying that both Harry and Dumbledore are liars, are crackpot, old fools, yada-da-da-da. And so, like, they're kind of going back and forth. They're both, like, irritable right now, both McGonagall and Harry. And so she tells him irritably to have another biscuit. And he's like, no, thanks. And she snaps at him and tells him to take a biscuit. <laughs> she takes one and he thanks her. Doesn't she say, like, don't be ridiculous? Yeah, she, don't yeah. be ridiculous. <laughs> it's just a cookie. Um, <sighs> so he does. He takes another one and he thanks her. And um, then... <laughs> McGonagall asks him, she's like, did you even listen to the speech that Umbridge gave at the beginning of term? No, McGonagall, he didn't. Nobody did. Because she's, ugh, except for Hermione. Hermione did listen. <laughs> yeah, said Harry. Yeah, she said, progress will be prohibited 
or well, it meant that um, that the Ministry of Magic is trying to interfere at Hogwarts. So like McGonagall like stands up to like go open her door for Harry and says, "Well, I'm glad you listened to Hermione Granger at any rate." She said, <laughs> and then she like points for him to leave um, her office. But like I love I love that line. Like at least you're yeah. listening to Hermione, you know? Yep. She knows. She knows. Oh, Meg, would you like to do like what? Because then I talk twice. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot that we were doing that. I did too. Um. Okay. So first question is from Tessa. Do you think the drought of living Wait, peace? Katie's joke. No, it's, it's after, after the fan story. Oh, I've yeah. I'm forgotten. <laughs> um. Do you think that the drought of living peace could help with other mental health issues? Um. I'm... It seems like a band aid. Yeah, agreed. I, I think it's agree. just like yeah, it's not like something you can take all the time. It's like right, like right. didn't Harry get it to help him sleep in the hospital wing before? Yeah, oh, last just last year yeah. in the fourth year. Yeah, I feel like if you're ta- like I'm not, I'm not saying that it wouldn't help because yeah. like yeah, like Tiffany said, it's a band aid, but like this potion isn't, like, actual medication for anxiety that, like, helps with the chemicals in your body. This is literally a jab- just a Band-Aid. Like, yeah. you... And I wonder, like... I wonder it... if, like, even if you sleep with it, you're not rested. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, it's you're still drained, you know? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next question <laughs> comes from Kelly. How would potions get tested? Is it just by look... Because during the OWLs, they weren't testing them physically, right? I think that they do. And then he has, um, like, antidotes on hand. Yeah. I thought. I mean, we could always look that up. But even if they didn't, I would think that Snape would know by the look of it. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. I think they all have a distinct look. Yeah. The smell and color. Yeah, right. And the way that the steam comes off of them and like swirls and whatnot and mm-hmm. yeah yeah um the mighty oak is that a thing for potions like how it swirls the steam yeah yeah like if it swirls counterclockwise and the potion is supposed to swirl clockwise it's wrong are the rules yeah, different I assume so. on the other side of the world like how the, the toilet oh my God. flushes <laughs> maybe on the other side of the world <laughs> Maybe. (laughs) The Mighty Oak asks, who do you think would win in a fight? Sir Cadogan or Harry? Harry. Harry. I think Harry. Yes. I think Sir Cadogan would like trip over a rock and like (laughs) not. He'd be like a turtle on his back in all his armor. He wouldn't be able to get up. But also like he only has a sword and Harry has a wand. True. Um. So it was brought up in the. You guys talked about how he took it, took a potion. Mm-hmm. It just says Madame Pomfrey, um, who had bustled off to her office, returned holding a small bottle of some purple potion and a goblet. You need to drink all, all of this, Harry. She said it's a potion for a dreamless sleep. Mm-hmm. So it was something different. Oh, okay. Pesha asks, did you have a class or course in school that was the equivalent to Harry's divination OWL? Hmm. Uh, I did have um, one class that I just, it wasn't like 
I didn't do poorly in it. I didn't do as great as my other classes because my teacher and me did not get along. But that's probably well, like, the closest I have. What do you mm. mean by like divination? Like I think like not like divination, but like how Harry performed. was in divination. Like he got a P. Like he got a P. He didn't do no. well. Did you oh, have a I class mean... <laughs> that you didn't do well in? Yeah. yeah. American history. When I was a senior in high school, I failed my first semester and had to take <gasps> some, or like night classes only. And it's not because like it was my fault. I just didn't do my homework. It was AP U.S. history is what it was. And I don't know how I got into AP history. I have no idea because I'd never taken like an honors history class. Um, so I shouldn't have been in the class anyways. But all the only homework was writing papers and I wrote none of them. I lied. <laughs> Geometry was my absolute worst subject in all of yeah, school. Yeah, but you didn't fail also, it. I failed my final. I, oh, yeah, I that's almost failed I didn't fail the geometry because, again, I didn't do my homework. Oh, I And then tried. I had that same teacher, again, for physics, and I, again, almost failed. This is my senior year. I had a rough senior year, like, emotionally. Um, so I failed my U.S. history first semester. Had to take night school the, my second semester of, of my senior year. And then I, I took physics with the same teacher I had for geometry. And I almost failed physics. And halfway through the class, like, she's like, Sarah, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. like, Because, again, I didn't do my homework. So, like, I was the only reason. And I'm good. Like, I love physics. It's a great, like, it's something I really enjoyed. Um, and she's like, you're smarter than this. She's like, why are you failing it? I passed. The U.S. history was the only class I ever failed. In high school. <laughs> Literally, like, people say that you're either an algebra brain or a geometry brain, and they always, uh, I've heard a lot that if you have a creative mm. brain, you're supposed to do better at geometry, but I am the exact opposite. Oh my god, it's just I so dumb. I don't understand geometry. It. Nope. I loved geometry. Nope. See, I, I got, did like, you have? Do you uh, remember? Yeah, but I can't remember her how to say her name. Arducci? I mm. loved her. She the old her. one? Yes, that and I had bad. her... For every math class, and she really? loved me, and oh, I she didn't like me. Oh my god, I loved her, and I had like a hundred and five percent in geometry by the end of the year. So it was my favorite I had class. Her, this is like a theme throughout my life. <laughs> I had her my freshman year for algebra, um, and like again, math comes easy to me, and I didn't always do well like on my homework and stuff. And she did not like me for that. Um, She's but... a very traditional teacher. But, I had a um, rundle for geometry and physics. Yeah, I never had her. Um, but for the only I class that I didn't do well in was chemistry for some reason. And it was just, I, I swear it was the teacher. I just, because that's usually like right I up my her. alley. Yeah. And I loved what we were learning, but how she was teaching it, I couldn't grasp it. And I didn't do well in that class because of that. But I love the labs. and chemistry. I don't remember her name. I blocked it from my memory. It was bad. It was a bad semester. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, the next question is from the Mighty Oak again. If you had to choose between Snape or Umbridge, who would you choose for a teacher? Snape. Yeah. yeah. At least I'm going to learn. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Which. Ugh, that's and rough. I'm not Harry, so like he might like me better, you know? Or at mm -hmm. least be fair. Even so if he like, doesn't like you, at least he might yeah. be fair. Just be indifferent yeah. to me. And I don't think I've ever actually seen him teach Ravenclaw, so he could be a totally different teacher in that classroom. True. Or Hufflepuffs, yeah. yeah. I feel like Katie, he wouldn't like Hufflepuffs. Katie and I, we'll just say that. 
because we're gonna have class together him. oh we wouldn't we're not in the same grade i can see him being like in puffs where he's like oh it's the puffs <laughs> <laughs> oh the next question comes from kelly is there any class hogwarts or real-time life that just theory would work for I mean, I, I guess think- history. Yeah. Right? Astronomy? And, like, real No, classes, astronomy, like, you have to practice. Languages. You have to, like, look. True, true. Language. No, yeah. language you practice because you, like, speak Yeah, but it. you don't. But that would be considered practice. I Theory guess. would literally just be reading about it. So, yeah. like, I really feel like the only thing that fits is history. Yeah. Uh, honestly, as an educator theory can only go so far you right. have to have practical and that's where i'm gonna leave that yeah <laughs> practice 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 because Tiffany, even in okay. history there's ways that you can teach it in a different way to to help people absorb it better right like well, everyone learns differently anyways like yeah i do not learn well by just reading something i don't either um it depends i'm a very visual learner so i guess no I'm, like, hands-on. You're better at absorbing reading than I am, though. Yeah. Um, I get bored. Like, I my attention starts to wane, and then I'm like, okay, let, let me read something else. Yeah. Cal- oh, wait, no. I just asked that one. Peisha asks, how would you react if she who must not be named... In she who must not be named's class, what, what would you do or want to do in fifth year? What would fifth year you do? Sorry. Like, 15-year-old you, what would you do in her class for that? How would you react to it? I'd probably be like Harry. Yeah, same. Like, I'd be angry. And it's just, like, I I mean, obviously, you heard me ranting about practice. Like, it's just some Bob's shorts. Yeah. Bob's shorts. Too timid of a human being to say something there, but I'd be, like, roaring up a storm when I left. Yeah, you'd you'd feel the anger and then let it out after. Think of, like, all those people that are, like, feeling... I'm feeling it. And they're using like their magic that they can't control. Right. You know? Yeah. Because they're so angry. So maybe you'd shoot some sparks and then they'd have to get a new teacher. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Emily asks, what kind of biscuit would you want McGee to have? Um, I'd take a ginger snap. I'm fine with a ginger nuke. Yeah, ginger nuke. Or a chocolate chip. Mag- ginger nuke. I don't know if that's considered a biscuit, though. Like a cookie. Mag- <gasps> a digestive. Yes. Oh. It is. Dipped in chocolate. That's what I would eat. Yum. Wait, Yum. Macadamia nut. Ooh, those are good. Or a snickerdoodle. Oh, or a Panera chocolate chip cookie. Or a Mag chocolate chip cookie. Someone made snickerdoodles, but they made them, like, in the shape of snakes curled up. So they're snickerdoodles. Ha! Oh my god, that's cute. I don't know if that's what they were called. They were called something like that. Um, last one comes from Kelly. Would Umbridge get Fudge to change the rules if Harry had gone to McGee after the first detention? I honestly, like, there's a moment when Umbridge knows that she's going too far and she says, like, what Fudge doesn't know won't hurt him. And I feel like this would have been too far, even for Fudge, personally. Mm, yeah. Like, hurting children in detention. Like, He's annoying, but he's not cruel like her, right? Like, Fudge is just uninformed. Fudge is just, like... Coward. Not uninformed is maybe not the right word, but he just is oblivious 
and he knows that he's being oblivious. He's doing it on purpose. But, like, mm-hmm. he's not about hurting people. He's just about ignoring the problem. And I feel yeah. like had he known that that is what Umbridge was doing, that would have been too far for him. Yeah. Agreed. That's the tea. That's all of them. (laughs) Time for the fan story. This one comes from my Megan. Oh, yeah. You got a good name and you spell it right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Hello, Tiffany, Megan, Katie, and Sarah. My name is Megan. My Hogwarts house is Hufflepuff, but I identify as a Huffleclaw mostly. My Ilvermorny house is Pukwudgie. My Patronus is a dolphin. Yeah! And my wand is 12 and a fourth inches walnut wood with unicorn hair and supple flexibility. I started listening to Swish and Flick in late June 2019 and fast forward to today, late September 2019, and I'm all caught up. I recently became a patron and began listening to the Felix Files. I told myself once I was up to date with the podcast, I would send in my Potter story, so here we go. Welcome! Welcome! Months ago. Yeah, welcome. The first time I ever heard of Harry Potter was around 2002 when the second movie was coming out. I was six or seven years old at that time, and my mom's friend was having her kids read the books before seeing the movies. My brother and I begged our parents to read the first Harry Potter book at night, chapter by chapter, before going to bed. I think we got to the second chapter before giving up. My brother, mom, and I continued to go to the theater to see all the movies and enjoyed the time watching together. It wasn't until the summer of 2010 that I picked the books back up again. My grandmother, brother, and cousins and I were preparing for a road trip from Rochester, New York to Chicago, Chicago, Illinois to visit my uncle. While looking for something to read on the trip, my mom suggested the Harry Potter books. Since I had already seen the movies and had at least a frame of reference, I would begin reading with the seventh book, Deathly Hallows. I decided to start here because I wanted to read the book before seeing the final movie. (laughs) I fell in love. I couldn't put the book down and began reading the remaining books backwards from six to one to fill in the details that I had missed out needed for watching the seventh movie. I've been in love with the series ever since. They always give me a safe place to return to when going through difficult times. About two years ago, I lost two of my grandmothers in very close succession. After I Mm. fell into a dark, depressive period and had a hard time pulling myself out, During this, I was involved in a six-year relationship with the guy I thought I would spend the rest of my life with. He broke my heart when Mm. I found out he had cheated on me multiple times with multiple different girls. Mm. I was broken. I questioned my worth and fell even further into my depressive period. It was almost a year after we broke up that I returned to Potter where I rekindled my love with the series and helped me work through my darkest periods. When I found Swish and Flick randomly looking for Harry Potter podcasts, I knew it was fate. Every week without fail, you guys make me smile and laugh more than I ever remembered possible. Listening to the podcast is something I look forward to, and although I'm happy to be caught up, it was nice to have all the episodes at my disposal in the beginning. I'm so Mm. grateful for you all. You guys truly are amazing and have helped me through a terrible period in my life. Much love, and don't let the muggles get you down. Wow. Can I say that the way that you read the books is unusual, but I freaking love it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you do you, man. It's just like it's awesome. Yes, it's I have not heard that. I feel like that's a very much Sarah way to read a series. Well, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad that um, we're making you laugh and smile. Yes, Yes. that is so sweet. Mm. And yeah, I love how you read the books and um. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for being a part of our community. Yes. Yes. All right. I have a joke picked out already. Okay. Jokes. Ready? Yep. What did the Thunderbird say to Newt Scamander? Can I Lightning. be frank with you? 
Wait, can say I it what? again. Can I be frank with you? <laughs> what? They don't get it. Saying because the, the Thunderbird's name is Frank. Oh. You guys are How lame. would you know that? that? Hilarious. He says it in the movie. He says it. I've never seen it. Oh my god, that's a lie. Oh, I don't remember that. That was hilarious. <laughs> I maybe, it. maybe that's why I didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> What? What? I liked it, babe. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Good job. You can find us on social media on Facebook at Swish and Flick Podcast and on Facebook groups as Swish and Flick Podcast Group. On Twitter, we are at Swish Flick Cast, and on Instagram, we are also at Swish Flick Cast. You can follow your hosts on. Uh, hold on. You can follow your hosts, me and Katie, on Twitter and Instagram at the Petrus Family, and Tiffany on Twitter and Instagram at tiffswish underscore flick. Also, Sarah is on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. We love doing Woo. stories on Instagram when we're together. We'll go live before episodes. So make sure that you turn on your alerts for us so that you can join in on the fun live. Also, if you love our podcast and want to support us, you can be a part of it on patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast. We have different levels where you can donate to us monthly from $2 up to $25, and those levels get you different items. The $5 level will get you access to our Discord channel and the Felix Files, and then up at the $20 and $25 levels, you get access to be on the Felix Files. And Phoenix Plus patrons get our monthly or our twice yearly subscription box, the Phoenix Plus box. The next one is coming out in July and you have until May 1st to be a Phoenix Plus patron in order to be eligible for that box, which mm-hmm. is being brought to you by Mrs. Norris, mm-hmm. the polydactyl cat who tied herself <laughs> up there. Oh my gosh. Okay. You can believe those lies if you want. (laughs) It's not a lie. Oh my goodness. I saw it and it's true. Oh, you saw it? I saw it. You saw it? Yep. You saw it when you were two years old? Yeah, I did. Cool. Tiff, what are you doing? Animal Crossing. What is all of America doing at this moment? And the rest of of America. Well, a lot of it. A lot of America. Nintendo Switches are literally sold out everywhere because yeah. people bought them. They are. <laughs> That's so awesome. But uh, Nintendo Switch Lite should be coming out before this episode airs. I think they're coming out April 3rd. So there's that. Um, yeah, I actually don't know what life is going to look like when this episode comes out. So right, right now... Just, you know, playing Animal Crossing and Pokemon and hanging out with my baby girl and loving on the hubs. You know, just life. That's that that's pretty much it. Um, I'm also playing video games. If I'm being honest, I hope I'm still working from home when this episode comes out because it's been grand. And um but just because you But I hope that home. everyone is healthy and I hope that everyone is staying safe and being smart and 
finding ways to pass the time. And I love everything that I've been seeing online saying that let us not forget that the arts is what we turn to in this time. Let us. That's what I'm laughing at. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That the arts is what we turn to in this time to find comfort and things to do. And um, I love the arts, so I'm really appreciating it. And um, let's not forget about them even when things go back to whatever, quote, normal is anymore. So I love the meat. The meat. I love noodles. I love noodles. (laughs) (laughs) Oodles of noodles. Um, I like noodles. When this episode comes out, I'm going to have a six pack. I'm going to be totally ripped. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will really, say, but... when this comes out, it's right after Tiffany's birthday. What up? Happy birthday, Tiff. Yeah, happy so birthday, Tiffany. Happy belated birthday to Tiffany. What up? That yeah. means I'm next. Yep. I got a while. <laughs> God, you could be so lucky. <laughs> Katie literally has a, just shy of six months. Yeah. 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 Embrace those 20s, girl. <sighs> <laughs> They're about to raise those 20s. Like, you guys are so much older than me. (laughs) It's like my best friend is literally six months older than me, but she's a year ahead of me in school. And she's like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Jen, you have to remember, like, you're literally only six months older than me. Like, like Alex is older than Jen and Alex was in our grade. I was like, you're not, you're not older than me. Six months. Six months. My goodness. Other than that, just. Is that all? Yeah, that's it. Is that, is that everybody? What about Sarah? I didn't talk. Sasa. Sarah didn't talk. She's talked enough. <laughs> Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany doesn't love me. Um, I, yes, I do. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know what it holds. So I'm currently, the Saturday this comes out, I'll be at work. Um, just trying to survive, man. Live day to day. Support uh, nurses. Gotta love them. Mm-hmm. And yes. all of those fun things. I don't know. <laughs> I watched a lot of shows in the last episode I talked about. Um, I might try reading books in the summer, which is coming up. I might try the whole Wheel of Time thing. I heard you need to get like the first book for like through, like the first half of the first book, mm. and then they're really good allegedly. Mm. So we'll see. All right, you do that. But yeah, just surviving, yeah. thriving, thriving, thriving. All right, well, listeners, we hope that you are all thriving as well, and uh, we love you and stay safe. So that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice. <laughs> We were in Ireland six years ago. In case anybody cares about my life. Super care. That's a big freeze. That's a real big freeze. That's a that's the Mr. Freezes of Big Freeze. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't you. Alright. <laughs> Let me get my book ready. And then we'll start. Thank you. Thank you for the blessings. Okay. Oh, boy.
left Tiffany's face. So, <laughs> face that I love. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.